Come on now, fellas. We've got to answer the bell. Now let's go. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here with you on this Preps Thursday edition. We have plenty of exciting stuff to talk about from preps all the way to pros. It's kind of what we do. It is what we do. I'm looking forward to this one. Will Hester is going to join us, Ravenwood football coach. Will Hester, as they get ready for the Battle of the Woods. Raven and Brent. <laughs> Brentwood will travel across the interstate and come on over for a big region tilt to determine the region champion. So that'll be fun. Talk to them. We'll also talk with Mike Wallace of the Memphis Grizzlies pregame show. But uh, talk to him about what's what to expect from these Grizzlies this season because it is starting to feel like low expectations. So, will they live up to our low expectations? Well, that's the question. The expectations have been lowered this week, obviously. They so, have. Uh, they I have indeed. They're kind of adjusting to a new normal if last night was any indications. Well, we're looking forward to talking to Michael a little bit. We'll also talk with Terry McCormick, of course, ahead of the Titans deal today and throughout the weekend before they get ready for um, the, the Falcons, who are sporting some New facial hair, apparently. There's apparently a good reason for it, but the, the Falcons coaching staff are all donning mustaches these days. So, yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, plenty of great stuff to get to. We're going to do that now. But first, yesterday's results, today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. The Thursday Rundown is brought to you by Mockingbird Title and Escrow, an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee that will get your deals closed without worry and fuss, a family business that offers the highest, ex highest level of expertise in the industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. Consider them part of your team. Call 615-274-8698 or visit MockingbirdTitleTN.com today. 
All right, girls soccer action. Station camp is a 3-0 winner over Franklin County. It was Signal Mountain 4, Hume Fog 3. Liberty Creek advances with a 4-0 win over Lakeland. Merrill High 3-0 over Madison Academic. Ravenwood doubles up Brentwood 2-1. Franklin 3-0 winners over Walker Valley. And earlier today, Harpeth Hall downs Ensworth 2-1. College football last night, Jacksonville State, a 41-16 winner over FIU, ensuring a winning season in the Gamecocks' first year as FBS members. Texas El Paso with the comeback win. Sam Houston blows it again. That's tough. 37-34 over the Bearcats and an NBA play. The Pelicans were down 28-25 after the first quarter. From there... They took full advantage of the Grizzlies to take a 111-104 win in NBA. High school football tonight, all of these are 7 o'clock kicks, to the best of our knowledge. Lincoln County is at Columbia Central. Franklin Grace Christian is at Columbia Academy. Watertown visits Community. Donaldson Christian hosts Nashville Christian. Eagleville takes on visiting Cornersville. Stratford is at East Nashville. White House Heritage goes to Fairview. Spring Hill travels to Franklin County. Glencliff takes on visiting Lawson. Hendersonville making the long trip to Paris, taking on Henry County. Centennial is at Hillsboro. Rick Orland Springs goes to Joe Burns. Overton hosts Franklin. Maplewood hosts Republic. Brentwood Academy is at Montgomery Bell Academy. Ezel Harding is at Middle Tennessee Christian. Richland goes to Moore County. Knowlesville is at Page. Portland hosting Hunters Lane. Webb School of Bell Buckle. Berkeley is at Portland. Oh, probably. Got nothing. Okay. Beach is at Springfield. And Sycamore goes to Stewart. Girls soccer today, uh, Ravenwood and Collierville at 3 Central, Merrill High and Westview, same time at 5.30 tonight. It's Franklin Bearden, Kingston and Liberty Creek and South Gibson and Station Camp. NFL action tonight, Thursday night football. It's the Buccaneers at the Bills. That's a 7.15 kick on Amazon Prime. NBA play tonight, Sixers at Milwaukee at 6.30 on TNT. Lakers hosting the Suns at 9 on TNT. College football, Syracuse is at Virginia Tech at 6.30 on ESPN. On the Deuce at 6.30, Georgia State at Georgia Southern in a little fun belt action. And in college basketball, an exhibition tonight over in Cookville as the Firehawks of UT Southern out of Pulaski will take on Tennessee Tech. 7:30, and you can see it on ESPN Plus. That is, folks, your rundown. Stop story, just as it is every day, is brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly, the Neely's Mill Shopping Center location here in Columbia, but any Piggly Wiggly from across the mid-state, make sure to go see them. Here in Columbia, you can get great deli foods at lunchtime, meat and vegetables, etc. Also cobblers, which are delicious, hand-cut meats, great produce, all cost plus 10 at the register. Well, our, our top story today, we kind of mentioned this, what? Tuesday. Tuesday that Dusty Baker was likely to retire. It's now official. Mm -hmm. And my question to you is, 
what hat, what logo will go on his cap in Cooperstown? Well, I feel like it probably has to be the one that he won a World Series with. That was kind of my thought, but didn't happen with Fred McGriff. Oh. I mean, that's my logic. Uh, it's great logic. And he took five teams to the postseason as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, played primarily with the Dodgers. Uh, I don't think it would be the Dodgers because he's going in as a manager. I mean, he's one of a handful of guys who has won 2,000 games over his managerial career. Um, when he goes in, it'll be as a manager. He ranked ninth all-time with 2,183 victories, um, one of 12 managers to win 2,000 career games and the first African-American manager to do so. Um, I mean, and of the of the other 11, 10 are in the Hall of Fame. Bruce Bochy, College Grove resident Bruce Bochy, is not because he is um, still active. So I don't think there's any question he's going in. Like you said, I think the only question is what hat will he wear? And I don't like nothing. Like nothing either. It's I think it's, it's a cop out. It is a little bit of a cop out. I, I, yeah, it's not I mean, a, they didn't. I guess Maddox didn't have anything on his cap, right? I don't think so. I don't like it. And Maddox, I mean, Maddox, I Maddox it doesn't make sense. Maddox, Maddox, I, I know he had he had great success with the Cubs, but he's a Brave. Everyone associates Greg Maddox with the Atlanta Braves. Rightfully so. Everyone, except maybe some Cubs fans. And, you know, I don't know that, that Fred McGriff necessarily has that same one team that he's associated with, but I, I think you have to kind of, you know, plant your flag somewhere. Uh, ask the player, ask the person who their preference is. Make them pick, but pick hmm. something. You know, I, I don't like the nothing on the cap. And like I said, I, I just think in Dusty's case, for everything he's done, the Astros are who he won a World Series with. So um, it'll be intriguing to see what direction they go in for Dusty's successor. You know, we talked a little bit about some of the other um, managerial vacancies when we were talking Tuesday about this. You said yesterday, possibly off air, apparently Craig Council has interviewed with the Mets. Craig Council has interviewed, and I think I think if you interview with time left on your contract, it's a done deal. Well, it's a he doesn't deal. have time. Tom, his contract is up. Uh, he's got five days left. This is what I'm saying. I mean, still, it, they had to ask the Brewers' permission. Or they could have waited five more days. Or they could have waited. Or they could have waited five. This is what I'm saying. So, if the Brewers are giving permission, doesn't sound like they've got any intentions of Craig or, or any um, level of confidence that Craig Council will return his manager. So. It's a done deal. 
Now, who becomes the brewer's manager? That's the real question. Obviously, the Padres is open with Bob Melvin's departure to take over the Giants. Um, as we said, the Guardians are open with Terry Francona's retirement at the end of the season. And and I wonder who, if anybody, who else makes a move? I mean, who, who else goes from one team to another? Because I, I think you're probably looking at some new people, some new blood, other than possibly council, going from the Brewers to the Mets. Yeah. I think we're going to wind up with some folks we've that we're not necessarily familiar with. I don't want to say that we've never heard of. Apparently, former Braves catcher Stephen Vogt is um, a candidate in Cleveland. Huh. Okay. Well, former Braves catchers do tend to find their way to the managerial role. I'm a little surprised Eddie Perez hasn't, you know, as long as he was a bullpen coach. And, you know, Walt Weiss, I think, is going to be a guy that's probably going to end up getting some looks. Seems so. As yeah. he should. Including perhaps in Houston. Yeah, that would make sense. I don't understand Buck Walter in with the Angels. I don't understand Buck Walter at all at this point. Hmm. I, I, look, man, I don't know. It's, I don't think... Hmm, it's hard to explain. Buck Showalter is a pretty good manager. But he was dealing with some things in New York that you have to deal with a different way. And I'm not sure that that's the way. I'm not sure that he fits that particular mold, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if, you know, he doesn't have the Phil Jackson ability of managing egos well enough to have the type of team that they have. There's a lot of sh shaking hand hands and kissing babies that has to go on in New York that you may not necessarily have to do in other places, and I'm not sure the bucket's built for that. Yeah, and being little little brother in L.A., it's still L.A., but you're little brother, so you don't have to do as much kissing hands and shaking babies. Right. And maybe it works, and, and and they're not as talented. I mean, you know, maybe he just needs to be around the team that's that doesn't have high expectations. That needs a little well that, that that needs more coaching and managing rather than, you know, uh finessing egos. Well, and that has kind of been his MO is to get those teams to that next level and then the next person wins with them. So who who was it? Uh, is it Schottenheimer? That would always make the first round of the playoffs and couldn't get anybody past that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that he just kind of has that similar thought process, I guess. It's yeah. just kind of funny. Yeah, man, I it doesn't I, it doesn't appear that we're going to have a lot more top shifts mm -hmm. 
per se. Uh, so I think we will end up with a, you know, some of these backfields are going to be guys that, you know, are either up and comers or, or, or guys that, you know, haven't necessarily managed at the big league level before. I don't know that the Brewers need to, I'm not sure what the Brewers thought process is there. Yeah. Um, I'm not either. I mean, I, I don't have any clue what direction they would try to go in because they are a, well, I mean, you know, for the success that they've had, they're a relatively young team. I mean, you saw some of the guys that went up from here and impacted their season this past year, you know, Joey Weimer in particular, um, some young arms. Sal Freelich. They're going to have, probably going to have Gasser on the, uh, on the big club next year. You, you'd like to think. So I mean, even um, small could be in that, that, could be in the bullpen. Yeah, I I just feel like the the Brewers are not a team that need a a project or a that need to take a leap on somebody as a manager. They need to go get somebody who can manage the team because I mean they're in a window. Mm -hmm. They're a good ball club. They're they won a, the division. They're a good ball club in a division that isn't great. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's what I'm saying is that they have the ability to win this division year in and year out. Don't go out there and screw that up yeah. with a guy that you're not sure about. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, but I don't know that there's another manager out there who, you know, one, is good enough that you would want to go get, and two, if they are good enough, would they leave? Right. So you're kind of in a catch 22 there. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's anybody else necessarily on the staff that warrants consideration. Not. Well, here in August, reviewing the brew put out five names. Number one, bench coat, Pat Murphy. Former Notre Dame coach, Pat Murphy. Mm -hmm. So if he didn't, it, it, you know, if they wanted to give it to somebody who has, you know, understands that team, he'd be one. Mariners bullpen coach, Stephen Vogt. There you go. Number three. Number three on this list. Nashville Sounds. Nashville Sounds manager, Rick Sleep. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Number four, Braves hitting coach, Kevin Seitzer. I've never really thought about him as a manager, but. I mean, he's the hitting coach of Murderer's Row, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and here's one that's a little wild. How about. White Sox bench coach, Charlie Montoyo. I just don't know that I'm hiring anybody from the White Sox organization. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe, exactly. Maybe not that. It's funny. So I'm sitting here scrolling through my Facebook and come across an article from longtime friend John Parado, who covered the Pittsburgh Pirates extensively and is now working for SportsKeta.com. And he's got an article where he sits down with um, Christian Yelich 
regarding the possible managerial change in Milwaukee and what does Christian Yelich have to say? Well, a lot of it is culture, knowing what you need to do to win and obviously having talented players as well. Obviously having a lot of talented players helps as well, but I think a lot of the culture starts with counts from the first day of spring training, kind of just knowing what needs to be done and what we need to do to be consistently successful. Counts sets the tone. So um sounds like Yelly really wants counts back. Um, in addition to the Mets, Council has also, um, I guess, Cleveland has shown interest in him. Did you mention that? No. And in this article, it says there is a strong sense within the game that the Brewers would stay in-house and promote bench coach Pat Murphy if Council leaves. Well, I feel like that's a – I mean, I think Pat Murphy is a good option. He knows He knows that. That, I guess, what the locker room is like. He he knows the vibe that they want to keep. So, now, he he did manage the Padres. Not very well. 42 and 53. He was there. That's all I'm saying. He was there. Mm -hmm. So, is that, you know, what you want to do? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But anyway, let's take a break. Mm-hmm. Coach's Corner hardware that we need to hand out. So stick around. Main Street to Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be back to the Lee Company studio in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here on this Preps Thursday edition of the show. Glad to have you guys with us. Hope that uh, you will stick around throughout the show as we will be picking 10 of the Mid-State's biggest games, including the one we're fixing to talk about, as well as our game of the week, which is the battle for the borough, Oakland and Riverdale. So. We're going to pick 10 games. Make sure to stick around for it. But right now we're going to head to Coach's Corner where standing by is Ravenwood head football coach, Will Hester. Coach, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, we're, we're any time spent with Will Hester is good time. So we appreciate you taking some time, Coach. Um, Big one tomorrow night. You guys are no stranger to it. I mean, it's it's really kind of throw the records out the window, literally, whenever it's the battle of the woods. Um, coming off of this past weekend and your matchup with Oakland, you know, what do you like about your team heading into that game against unbeaten Brentwood? Yeah, I mean, I think we've improved from the start of the season. You know, we opened up with Alcoa. That was a success. Uh, kind of saw where we were at. Then uh, we were able to run off seven wins there uh, along the way, getting to 4-0 in the league. And, and then went into that matchup with Oakland. You know, obviously uh, they're going for their third or fourth straight state championship in 6A. And uh, any time that's a, a barometer to find out where you are in the season, uh, playing Oakland will do that for you. And I believe we did, things didn't turn out the way that we wanted them to, but uh, we did prove to ourselves that's a team that, uh, you know, we can play with. We deserve to be on the field with. And and so now we're headed into a game versus another great team, another undefeated team uh, in the in the state of Tennessee and uh, the Brentwood Bruins. So excited to allow our kids to be able to play in a matchup like this with so much on the line and so much energy behind them. You, you mentioned the Oakland game, 42-18, to 18, the final there. Um, again, proved to yourselves that you deserve to be on the field with them. Oakland has won the last three Class 6A state championships. Have they elevated themselves, Will, above everybody else in 6A? Is it them and everybody else? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of is, Mo. I mean, for a while, it was Maryville that kind of had done that. You know what I mean? I think Oakland's kind of elevated themselves to that kind of, to that pedestal. I mean, definitely the, the hunt Ed, right? Uh, where all the other ones are, we're trying to hunt them. So, 
Uh, you know, they, they are very good team, uh, you know, between uh, Dwayne Morris and some of the other guys that they have on that team. Uh, those are definitely uh, playmakers of a, of a high quality, and you have to be prepared when you step on the field against them. Coach, when, you know, when you look at this game, obviously Mo said you throw the records out. Well, you can you can kind of throw the records out, but both of you, both of you guys have, have certainly had plenty of success this season. And, you know, it's it's a game where, you know, it's all on the line this week. Of course, you're both guaranteed a home playoff game next week, but that's a region championship still means something. And so, you know, getting your guys prepared shouldn't be too difficult when it's Brentwood coming to town. Oh, absolutely not. And and the way the bracket falls this year, the winner of Region 6, which is what we are, actually uh, locks up home field playoff advantage all the way through uh, their run in the playoffs. So if you're lucky enough to make it to the semifinals, all four of those games will be played at your location, played at your site. So clearly – uh, it has a lot of implications there, but the bragging rights in, among the community, the bragging rights at church, the bragging rights at Chipotle, all, <laughs> all that probably trumps, uh, probably not trumps not. the playoffs. Hold up. Not Chipotle. Oh. Maybe oh, Moe's. That's where they all go, man. That's where they meet up, Chipotle. Uh, yeah. Really? Jeez, on purpose and everything. Chicken and rice, I guess, man. Chicken, rice, oh. and beans. I mean, they've not talked to A.J. Brown. I don't yeah, guess. clearly. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, Coach, before, uh, there's a little something extra special in this game, and I don't know if you know this. I don't know if, uh, if your kids know this or not. This series is tied at 12. So for 300 – know that. I, it, I know that it must be with the playoff games added in there because it is. On, the, on the Battle of the Woods trophy – uh, that we pass back and forth for the regular season matchup. We are behind a game or two uh, in that. So the playoffs must be the one uh, evening it up. Yeah, you, you're three and one against them in postseason play is, is Ravenwood. So that, that so certainly there you go. helps. That up the two games we're behind. So. Yeah, but, but overall, 12 and 12, this, for 365 days, somebody will have full-on bragging rights. <laughs> Well, maybe only for three weeks because that's a chance we would play each other. <laughs> There's <again>. that. <laughs> but but uh, bragging rights nonetheless. Will Hester, um, in his second stint as coach at Ravenwood, joining us here on Coach's Corner present. No, here on Coach's Corner um, on Main Street Sports today. Um, Will not a lot of names on this team that a lot of people are familiar with. You know, no Jake Brennan's tools, no Van Jefferson's, no Chris and Seth Rollins, that kind of thing. Who's getting it done for this Ravenwood team this time around? I mean, and that's a great point, Mo. I mean, we are kind of uh, uh, under – I wouldn't say undervalued, but maybe an under-talked-about group. I mean, we're playing a bunch of young kids. Uh, us and Brentwood are kind of in polar opposite uh, positions when it comes to that. You know, they're going to roll out 30 seniors. They're going to start 10 of 11 seniors on defense. Uh, our offense is going to start one, maybe two seniors, depending on health. 
uh, you know, we're going to have a bunch of juniors and sophomores out there, you know, and I think that's a big, big part of what's allowed us to improve throughout the course of the season. You know, we started out playing a lot of young guys uh, early on and they've gotten better as the season goes, but you know, we've got guys, Donovan Starr, who's a junior picked up a cattle offer last night. He's a name that you're going to hear JT. I mean, not JT, Jaden Smithman, the little brother of JT Smithman who played for us a couple of years ago. Uh, also a junior who's getting a lot of interest as well. Ben Hubbard, a guy with several offers, a junior as well. So, you know, our junior class has a little bit more of that uh, name recognition maybe than our senior class does. But uh, nonetheless, uh, we're a young football team. Talk to me a little bit more about Donovan Starr. Is that DJ's brother? It is DJ's little brother. Uh, obviously, those guys moved in a couple of years ago. Um, basketball guys by trade hadn't played much football, but Donovan's super athletic. You know, he's a 10-7 guy on the track in the 100 meters, uh, you know, getting his first real playing time in football as a junior this year, playing corner for us, has re- returned a kick or two for touchdowns as well, that speed that he has. Uh, you know, he, he's really making a name for himself. Other guys, you know, obviously, you know, Brentwood coming in with a really solid football team and and a pretty big win last week over Independence, though we did find out there's a tiny asterisk to that a little bit. Yeah, I don't know how tiny that asterisk is. uh, (laughs) I would say it's a pretty big asterisk. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a huge win. You know, you look at that score and you're like – you know, that's a that's an independence team that we had to fight tooth and nail to win on the field goal at the end of the game to beat uh, earlier in the season. And you're like, wow, that that may be Brentwood's most impressive win. But then you pop on the film, you you realize that independence was up without some of their star power. Maybe the most no, namely the the quarterback McNeely did not play in that game. And uh, when you're running a triple option offense and the trigger man is is not out there, uh, it, it might slow you down a little bit. Ever so slightly. Yeah. <laughs> but who are some of the guys on this Bruins team that, 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 you know, you guys are kind of trying to, you know, make someone else beat you? Well, absolutely. I mean, obviously, uh, Baylor Hayes, the quarterback that moved in this year, uh, is getting a lot of the recognition. I wouldn't be surprised if his name doesn't pop up on several Mr. Football ballots this year. Doing a great job of kind of Johnny Football in his way around the season and keeping plays alive with his feet and then finding those uh, kind of course of great receivers they have, Matthew Manning and and you know there's another Merrill in the in the mix, Clayton Merrill in the mix. There's even a younger one I think that got moved up from the freshman team. So two Merrills out there right now, and and then the running backs have done a great job. Trey Doris got hurt early in the year, was having a great season before he got hurt. We believe he to be back this week, and Gavin Nelson has kind of stepped in since he's been injured and doing some really good job on the offense, but. You know, a lot of people are talking about the strength of the team being the offensive line, uh, and that's a very good possibility. Those guys have done a good job all season long, allowing them to throw and run. Uh, I think the strength of their team personally is their defense. They've done a great job of holding everybody down throughout the season. It's kind of the mark that Ron Crawford started years ago, right? Brentwood's always kind of been known for playing great team defense, and, you know, maybe not the name recognition over on that side of the ball, but uh, a, a football name nonetheless, Maximus Orifice playing inside linebacker is a, is a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, you kind of got Mason Ball who is playing corner for them. He's kind of the emotional 
uh, energetic leader of that team on the defensive side of the football. But uh, they're playing really, really sound defense, and uh, we're going to have to be on our P's and Q's if we're going to light up the scoreboard much tomorrow night. And you talk about lighting up the scoreboard, Will, and their defense being the key. Um, In those seven wins between your week one loss to Alcoa and last week's loss to Oakland, 35-35-28-49, you mentioned the 16-14 win over Independence, 24-41. and So, I mean, you guys have lit it up pretty well. How do you continue to do that against this Brentwood defense and give yourself a chance? Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to execute at a high level. You know, the things that have plagued us against the better teams, right, against the uh, Alcoas and the Oaklands and the independences of the world when it comes to the better defenses that we face, you know, have been executing in key moments, right? We may have a good first down play and get in the second and medium and then have a penalty or have a missed assignment or have something uh, like that to set a drive back or to kill a drive. We just got to be more consistent on the execution level. Uh we also, the main thing I think for either team in this game is going to be able to control the emotion, right? These guys grew up together. The majority of them probably played Y basketball together. Heck, everybody that's anybody now starts out playing five and six year old soccer together. And, you know, all these kids know each other. And uh, you've got to be able to kind of put the emotion, put the energy that's running through your body because it's people you know aside and and play the game of football and execute your assignment, execute your job uh, without, you know, allowing the emotion that's tied to it to affect you. So I think the team who handles the emotion of the game handles the fact that there's probably going to be 5,000 people in the stand, handles the fact that, you know, Darren Jones and Tate and their little uh, game day entourage will be there before the game and, and, that were the TV game this week for, for uh, you know, my TV 30. There's going to be a lot of reasons to get yourself distracted from playing the game of football, but we're going to have to be the ones that get refocused as quick as possible in order to be successful. That little game day thing. You don't sound too excited <laughs> about all of the, all of the festivities around the game, Will. You know, I'm all about just getting to the game, right? You know, you can't – our message this week is we can't play it before it starts, right? We can't get too emotionally invested and, and too emotionally drained before we ever kick the thing off, right? We got to – we're showing up over there. We're going to go through our normal uh, road routine. Uh, we're going to dress over at the middle school so we don't have to walk through the pomp and circumstance that we'll be there uh, tailgating area and all that like most of the uh, road teams do. And, you know, we're going to try to sneak in the back door and, and play as good as we can and sneak right back out. How much of an impact does being the TV game make? Other than make it last longer, I don't know that it yeah. impacts everything much. You know, uh, obviously there's going to be more timeouts. There's going to be more breaks in the action. I think it helps a little bit, kind of calm the game down. You know what I mean? If you're if the game's moving really fast, uh, it's easy for it to kind of spiral out of control one way or the other. So. I think the extra added timeouts, the extra added time uh, between quarters and things like that will allow both teams to kind of be able to to settle in and, and kind of uh, take a breath, if you will, and, and allow the emotion of the game to kind of settle down. I'm always, I'm, I've always been intrigued because in the high school level, you know, you just don't have that. So, uh, you know, 
obviously a lot of your kids are going to play at the next level and, and they'll they'll get used to it eventually. But, I, I, you know, high school kids don't typically have to deal with, man, we just got some momentum. Now I got to stop for three minutes for commercials. Are you kidding me? Like it's it's interesting how, how that affects high school kids. But uh, Will Hester here joining us. What do you think, to be honest? Well, yeah, I, 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 I was kind of surprised at how, you know, how it has affected some games at, at times because of the momentum factor. But anyway, Coach, thanks so much for taking time with us. Good luck. It's going to be a great football game. We're looking forward to keeping up with it. Sounds great, guys. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if you need any help with your pick on the bow of the borough, I, I wouldn't bet against the Patriots. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think anybody with much – thought process is going to bet against but we certainly do appreciate the insight will (laughs) hey good luck tomorrow night absolutely i've seen them they're huge (laughs) (laughs) oh man all right we're going to hand out some hardware now no it is the custom stone handlers in to win life team of the week although they did not hoist a gold trophy they did hoist a trophy and a pretty great run for this team all the way to the state finals. Absolutely. Uh, Loretta Volleyball finished second in the state in Class A, losing two first-time state champion Sale Creek in the Class A finals over in Murfreesboro last week. Um, Lady Mustangs finishing up 46-8 and eight on the year. And like you said, a great run. Um, their only two postseason losses came at the state tournament, both oh, to Sale Creek. Creek. Yeah, in the double elimination eight-team event. So, um, I mean, it took the best to beat them. Yeah, well done to Sale Creek, by the way. Yeah, yeah, they had been there. That was their eighth consecutive state tournament appearance, and they finally broke through. So, yeah, um, congratulations. congratulations to them and. Congratulations to the Lady Mustangs of Loretto, our Custom Stone Handlers Team of the Week. Mo, the Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Player or Athlete of the Week goes to the defensive side of the football. Yeah, well, (laughs) he made his mark on defense um, Friday night against Lawson, scoring twice in the second half. And... um, Again, had a 25-yard pick six and then a 71-yard, we'll call it a stripping score because it wasn't a scooping score because the ball was never on the ground. No, he didn't scoop it. He took it. He took it, literally. I'll I'll take that and I'll go this way. Yeah. So Columbia Central senior linebacker Malik Smith is our Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Athlete of the Week, and congratulations to him. No doubt. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, more information and evidence continues to surface against Michigan and their alleged sign-stealing operation. Is there evidence linking the probe to South Carolina and perhaps Tennessee and Clemson? We'll discuss after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. 
With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton here on this Thursday edition. It is a Preps Thursday. We'll be talking a little bit of Preps football later in the show when we make 10 picks on 10 games from across the Mid-State. Right now, however, we're going to talk a little bit of college football because not only has more information and more evidence come out, Mo, but the NCAA According to Larry Lage of the Associated Press, Lage, 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 I think it might be Lage. Lage. I'm not entirely sure. The NCAA is now interviewing members of Michigan's football staff. It can't be good. Yesterday, some information came out that the NCAA was tipped off because a third party. maybe investigator, <laughs> attorney, something like that was investigating this. And there have been some, you know, fingers pointed as to who may have funded said investigation, such as Michigan State, Ohio State, Rutgers? <laughs> Rutgers, maybe they all chipped in. Hey. But Tennessee's on the list of teams that may have that helped may have helped fund this investigation. third party investigation. That being said, Good. the other part of or the other I guess thought process is that a former 
member of the Board of Regents at Michigan who was among those who sabotaged Rich Rodriguez, was and apparently does not like Jim Harbaugh, is also potentially behind this, so maybe a little friendly fire. And then maybe the Chicago Bears. After that, well, he's the one who, who you know, tried to, this guy apparently tried to get the Bears, you know, like sabotage the Bears higher of, of Harbaugh. So this is nuts, man. This is all nuts. Um, I think you probably need to connect the dots between Tennessee, which is not a member of the Big Ten and has not played Michigan in quite some time. That's right. How? Why Tennessee? Right. So. Well, let's talk about it. Let's. Apparently, and inside of context, I can maybe see how this would work. Shane Beamer has a history. A little bit of a shady history, if you will, when it comes to situations such as this. As an assistant at Virginia Tech, he was part of a part of a scheme that included some inside information on Wake Forest. And as part of that, when he went to be on staff at Georgia, they suspended him. You know, as part of it. So Shane Beamer could have been contacted potentially. This is all hearsay, it's all speculation, but it would certainly make sense in context. Shane Beamer is contacted by Michigan. Hey, we've scouted Tennessee and Clemson. Would you like our information? Because why? Why would Michigan be willing to give this information up? Because you'd much rather play TCU than Tennessee or Clemson, right? I mean, don't make your hindsight foresight, right? You'd much rather play Tennessee, uh, TCU than Tennessee or Clemson. Well, South Carolina can kill two birds with the same information. And South Carolina starts wearing wristbands the night of the Tennessee game on defense. First time they've done it all year. As a conspiracy theorist, admitted, admitted conspiracy theorist, putting putting on all the tinfoil hats, there is a plausible expectation that it could have happened. I'm not saying it did. And I'm not saying that, you know, maybe, maybe Spencer Rattler knew every time they were going to be in cover two, cover three, man, cover one, and knew exactly what read to make. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Tennessee's defense was horrible. And there were a lot of other things going on that week that certainly could have played into you know, the perfect storm of what happened. And if it were just Tennessee, 
I'd probably say that's ridiculous. It was there was just too many other things going on. But but you throw in what happened to Clemson, and it starts getting a little murky. a little more plausible, a little murky. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? First off, do you think Michigan did it? I don't think there's any question at okay. this point that Michigan did it. There's no question. I, I agree. Okay. I'm, 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 we are conceding the fact that Michigan did this. Yeah. Someone at Michigan did this, whether Jim Harbaugh knew or not. I don't think there's any way he didn't know. No, there's not. He, he knew. He absolutely knew. So I guess the question here becomes just how far reaching is this? Well, Deion Sanders and Matt Rule will tell you you still got to stop them. You still got to, you know, execute well, and, the play. But I will say this: I think that's what an opposing coach is supposed to say. Well, and I think you know it's taken the high road, which I don't think a lot of people expected Coach Prime to do. But. I, I think that's what you're supposed to do. I, I think that should be the default reaction of any coach when asked about this. You know, they can know what they know. But if we execute, it shouldn't matter what they know. I think. Yeah, but come on, man. You don't get caught in a. I mean. Well, I mean, I think that's what they're supposed no. to say. I don't think they necessarily need to get caught up in pointing fingers, particularly Deion Sanders, who doesn't even play mission. Right. Hasn't played Michigan, doesn't play Michigan. I got no dog in that hunt. I am totally unaffected by any of this. At CFB Nerds may have the best sentence in this entire argument about against Matt Rule and the comments of of Deion Sanders. If it comes down to just stopping plays and knowing what's coming doesn't help, nobody would sign still and Michigan wouldn't advance scout and risk getting in trouble. If it didn't help, they wouldn't do it. So it clearly helps. It's clearly an advantage because if it weren't, they wouldn't do it. They think it's an advantage. But again, my thing is, I don't know what else. What are you supposed to say? No, I'm just saying that's the fact. Well, I, it's an advantage. And all these Michigan people who are saying, you know, it shouldn't matter. You should have changed your signs. No. If it didn't help, they wouldn't have done it. It's very simple. I think both can be true. I just don't know. Again, I don't know what you want, particularly Deion Sanders. I mean, Matt Rule, he's in the Big Ten. I don't I don't know if they play Michigan or not. But I don't know what you want him to say. I'm not even sure why he's entertaining that question. Yeah. I just, I mean, this is... I mean, everybody wants to local every media outlet wants to localize the situation but i mean unless you play michigan or or i don't know you're tennessee apparently or, or clemson 
Does it make sense? Do you do you feel like this happened to Tennessee? I, I don't understand necessarily what this happening to Tennessee encompasses. Does this mean that Michigan scouted Tennessee? That's correct. And then passed the information along to Beamer or the South Carolina staff and they had it correct. that night? Yes. That is what is being danced around by John D. Bryce in, in footballscoop.com. Well, I mean, and the explanation being that, again, Michigan would rather match up with TCU than with Tennessee or Clemson. Correct. And they knew that, <laughs> given Shane Beamer's background, this would be information that he would not be opposed to having. Correct. It all makes sense. A to Z Sports, Shane Beamer acknowledged in 2022, weeks before playing Tennessee, that he speaks with coaches from other teams about tendencies and communication. Now, I think that's that's par for the course. This is what was written in Football Scoop. A source with direct knowledge indicated to Football Scoop that Michigan may have attempted to assist the opposition of a potential college football playoff opponent in an effort to disrupt that team's potential path to the playoff. Say that ten times fast. Yes, you know, um, I don't. <laughs> you remember in high school English, when or maybe junior high English, when you used to have to diagram sentences? Oh yeah. How did you like to diagram that one? No, thank you. Source indicated. Subject verb. That's all I got. And, and everything else is a modifier, huh? Twenty sixteen mm. Georgia fined assistant. Coach Shane Beamer, $25,000 for accepting leaked game plan information two years ago while at Virginia Tech from a former Wake Forest assistant coach who has been fired <laughs> from his job as a radio analyst. Oh, I remember that. So that would have been in 2014 that that actually took place. Yes. Okay. And again, for the, for the first time all season long, South Carolina wore defensive, wore wristbands, defensive wristbands against Tennessee. Against Tennessee. Oof. Doesn't look great. I mean, it's look. The optics are awful. I'm not saying that it's because, again, it, maybe they were just looking for offensive signs. Maybe they didn't know the defensive signs. Maybe they did know the defensive signs. I don't know. But. The only two games in, in Spencer Rattler's career that he's even looked remotely good are those two games. No, I wouldn't go that far. Against this, against, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about Power 5 SEC games. I'm not talking about against you know the Citadel. He has been fair at best in every other game. And in those two, he looks like Joe Montana. But as you said, come I mean, on, and I'm 
Come on. I'm, now. Not, I'm not trying to tell you that it didn't happen. I'm, I'm repeating what you already said. Tennessee had a lot going on. That they had a lot going on. And not all of it had to do with South Carolina. I understand that. But boy, don't it make it a lot easier when you know which read is going to be there and you don't have to scan the field? That's why you get the ball out so quick? I, I don't know, man. It just seems very, very, very sus to me. So, so. <laughs> anyway, we need to take a quick break mm -hmm. because Terry is standing by. So we'll get the Titan Insider Titans report right after this. The biggest racing show of the year, Friday through Sunday, November 3rd through 5th at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Six fast-paced divisions of racing on the quarter-mile Friday night. Pole qualifying in three big feature events Saturday night. And the Curb Records Big Machine Vodka Spike Coolers, All-American 400 on Sunday afternoon. Racing starts at 6.30 Friday, 5 o'clock Saturday, and 1 o'clock Sunday. Tickets available at NashvilleFairgroundSpeedway.Racing or at the gate on race day. It's the 39th All-American 400 weekend, Friday through Sunday, November 3rd through 5th. Get your tickets now. Welcome back in. Time now for the top of the hour. Titans report from Terry McCormick. What's up, Terry? Hey, guys. It is your Zen Sports Report. Daily Titan update. Guys, the Kevin Byard situation has already had some repercussions, possibly, uh, to the Titans this week beyond just, you know, them trading away and the bad PR that comes with that. Yesterday, Roger McCreary left practice early, tweaking his hamstring, and he wasn't out there during the open part of practice today. So he's the nickelback. If he's not able to go, then that forces them to do some serious juggling, probably involving Elijah Molden, who was going to be the heir apparent to Bayard back there at safety. So it juggles things even further in a position group where they're already razor thin. So take it for what it is. We'll see where McCrary is tomorrow and uh, what his status is for Sunday. Now, Terry, um, they, they acquired Terrell Edmonds in the trade? Yes. Terrell Edmonds, and then they also picked up a guy named Kayvon Wallace right. off waivers from the Cardinals yesterday. Today was his first day there. And they're going to do their best to incorporate at least Edmonds, who's been here for the full week of practices. I think they're going to do their best to incorporate him into some sort of role on Sunday. But he's more of a straight in-the-box safety, not really a cover guy, almost a, a mini linebacker, which that would help you in the dime package maybe, but maybe not in the nickel package so much because shifty uh, – you know, type receivers often play out of the slot, guys like Cooper Cup and and such. 
off of the play in that slot, and you don't want a big guy that can't move quickly covering him. McCrary is the perfect guy to be that nickelback because he's really a little bit undersized to play outside, but he's very good at sticking with his man uh, and, and being able to adjust when the receiver makes their breaks. So to me, this is if, this is something to definitely keep an eye on regarding Roger McCrary. Now, can Wallace be that guy if you can get him up and running in time for Sunday? Possibly, but I doubt they can get him up and running for Sunday. That, that would be a big ask to get a guy that you just pulled off the waiver wire up and going to do anything more maybe than covering a punt or a kickoff. So I don't even look for him to be active, to be honest with you. So, you know, the other options would be to go with either Dane Cruikshank and move Molden to nickel if McCrary can't go. Go with Dane Cruikshank. Go with uh, Shaheen Carter. Uh, you know, some of those type of guys. Maybe Edmonds can fill in back there some. But, yeah, there, it's going to be an, an interesting situation to see what they do in the first game without Kevin Byard if they have to shift Elijah Molden elsewhere. Just what they need, huh? More uncertainty in the defensive secondary. Absolutely. And that's not exactly been an area of strength so far this year. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do against the Falcons. They're probably fortunate that even though the Falcons have some serious weapons like Drake London and Kyle Pitts, they're not a prolific passing team. They would rather run the football and use B. John Robinson if they can and then let everything else kind of work off of that. So – they're probably lucky that they're not facing somebody like the Bengals or the, you know, the Chargers that like to air it out uh, this week. Well, <laughs> it's going to be interesting because, again, yeah, Desmond Ritter doesn't exactly instill a whole lot of fear into a defensive backfield, so that's good. Who's going to catch punts? Good question. We were out there watching today during the open part of practice, and Kyle Phillips muffed another one. In practice. Jeez. So this guy is really struggling with his confidence right now. I mean, the other options are this. The other options are this. Uh, Shai Smith, who's on the practice squad. Eric Garer, who's on the practice squad. Uh, Colton Dow has actually been back there practicing returning punts. That's kind of interesting. I did not realize that that was part of his resume at UT Martin. I don't know that uh, it was. But he is back there, you know, getting a look. But the one, the other guy that's not getting a look to me, and this this is completely confusing to me, because Kiaris Jackson is probably your best option, but he's on injured reserve. Mason Kinsey, who's on the practice squad, he's not really in that mix right now. And I thought he did pretty well. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not here championing Mason Kinsey to say that he needs to be a regular in the receiver rotation or anything, but. He can catch a punt, and that's something that right now is a need on this team. Or just let it bounce. It is what it is. What about Ty Jace, um Spears? Possession inside the five. What about Spears, Terry? Well, I think they're probably hesitant to use him back there. He's more. I think he's more of a kickoff return guy. He maybe could do punts, but I would think that they're hesitant to put a guy who's one of their better weapons on offense back there returning punts because, you know, returning punts is a dangerous job. You're going to get, unless you call fair catch, you're going to get smacked. Every time. 
Every time. Just catch Not it. Not hard. Just catch it. Just catch it. That's all you got to do. Just, yes. But Craig Alkerman was asked today. It is alumni weekend. And uh, I asked him, I said, he, he brought up the fact that Billy White's Hughes Johnson was going to be there as part of the alumni. I said, have you, are you tempted to ask him if he wants to go back there and catch punts? Oh, good Lord. Um, Colton did return some punts at um, Martin, for what it's worth. Um, no, no, no. All right. You have his stats. You have his stats. I'm sorry. You kind of average. Hmm. Do you have any is any any stats or in front as far as any type of return yard average? No, no. In fact, I'm thinking that might have been high school actually, as I'm weeding through his bio at UTMSports.com. I, I don't know that he returned. Well, those at, those are much harder to catch than any high school punts. Well, if you can catch a high school punch, you can catch anything. <laughs> Especially those that are coming off the side of somebody's foot and going right. twenty yards, and they're and they're end over end, or they're you know they're knuckle balls. <laughs> I mean, heck, you're you're in good shape if you can catch a high school punt. But yeah, it, it, this is this is going to be a an interesting week. Do, do we have any? What's what's the latest on the injury report? Well, they haven't sent it out unless it's come out here in the last minute. If you'll allow me to check. I'll see if they've sent well, the email. I, I don't. I don't see it out. Just I don't yet, see it per so. se either. But uh, Ryan Tannehill was not out there in the open part of practice. Uh, Josh Wiley was not out there in the open part of practice. McCrary was not out there. And then DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry also not out there, probably getting their customary Thursday rest. Um, Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks was there. He was present and accounted for. Good. <laughs> Every little bit helps. Yeah. Yes. No doubt. No doubt. Especially, I mean, especially when you're in a situation where we may or may not have, you know, a number one receiver by next week. You never know. I mean, I mean, at this point, you know, you start to wonder: was the fired thing just an isolated deal where they got something that they thought was a good return on it or do you think that this or do we think that this team is you know setting everything ablaze and having a fire sale so it's going to be interesting because if there's going to be a fire sale it's going to have to happen over the next uh five days the deadline is tuesday trick or treat and the weird thing of that is too that if you make a deal if you make another deal there is there is no time to have practice reps with the new guy that you might get in or somebody off the bench or the practice squad that you're putting in there because you're playing on Thursday in Pittsburgh. So there there is no, you know, full week of practice to get the next guy ready. You better have the next guy ready right now if you're going to make a deal and get rid of somebody. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, uh this is uh, these short weeks especially after the trade deadline and not not exactly Perfect, especially for this brand of Titans. So, is Mike Vrabel calmed down yet, or is he still irritable? Well, we didn't get to talk to him today. They don't make him available on Thursdays. We'll find out tomorrow and well. see see what kind of mood he's in. We'll good see. luck. Yeah, good luck. Tell us about Zen Sports, Terry. All right. 
Zen Sports is the new sports book in Tennessee that's revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it too. Earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, you can earn cash commission on your referral bets with the Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton here with you on this Thursday. We are coming to you live from the Lee Company studio. We had our guest, but we lost him. So we are going to let you know that when we get Michael back, we'll talk a little bit about the Grizzlies. You were saying something off air. Is it something you can say on air? Before Terry? What was I saying? I don't I, remember. I, I don't either. Oh, that's unfortunate. It is. <laughs> it, it's that's the important that's the unfortunate part of you working with an old guy. Trust me, I know all about it. Uh, let's see here. I want to look because I'm seeing a singular report. Mm -hmm. No, not singular anymore. Mm -mm. Kamal Haddon, season-ending surgery. On what? Um, I don't know. Just season-ending surgery. Season-ending surgery. That's Who's reporting that? I'm not of all scoops. And, and nothing... Nothing legitimate mm. um yeah caleb Giroux. how about that does that work that's pretty legitimate well he announced uh, it on instagram but we don't know what on no he just uh he kind of gave a soliloquy on instagram about how he's shoulder surgery according to patrick brown 
of 24 uh, at P Brown 24-7. Kamal Haddon will miss the rest of the season after undergoing shoulder surgery. There you go. Also, Ben McKee reporting likewise. So, shoulder. There we go. Now we know the rest of the story. Here we go, Paul Hart. Uh, ben? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's, that is unfortunate. Kamal had been a, you know, obviously he, he got a lot of heat for a couple of things. Obviously, the South Carolina game, which now makes <laughs> a little bit more sense. <laughs> and And then his... Less than enthusiastic attempt at a tackle in the Florida game. <laughs> Kamal, that being said, has been a significant part of the defensive backfield. Well, he has been significantly better of late than he was. And I think what was so frustrating for so many people as it related to Kamal Haddon was his level of play and his level of trash talking did not match up. Yeah, there were there were times where they did not, in fact, match up. And I think that was the most frustrating thing for a large part of the um, UT fan base with Kamal. But I think they were getting closer to evening out. And that's, you know, part of what makes this kind of frustrating now. Yeah, that it really is unfortunate because, you know, obviously the defensive backfield is one of the one of the trouble areas for this Tennessee team, and he was one of the brighter spots in it. So, it's amazing to me as I scroll through Twitter when I search Kamal Haddon. The number of people that just report season-ending surgery. Well, he didn't. He didn't say in his Instagram post. Oh well, that excuses it. Well, I mean, in you know, if if you're just trying to tweet it, then yeah, I mean, you can worry about getting the rest of it later. And you know, so. mm. this. This is an unfortunate situation. I, I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if Tennessee can weather this against teams like you know, Georgia. And the worst part is Missouri. You've got to somehow find a way to cover Luther Burden without your best defensive back. Kamal Haddon is your best defensive back? I, I think he is. So, good um, luck to... I, I, I don't know, but if he if he is your best defensive back, then you're probably worse off than you thought you were. So. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know that he was that bad. Uh, again, he got a lot of heat for South Carolina, but he, he certainly, as far as... You know what? What he'd done recently, particularly, he's he's been really, really good. So, anyway, um, last night the Memphis Grizzlies lost their season opener, one eleven, one hundred four, to the New Orleans Pelicans. 
Not necessarily unexpectedly under the circumstances. Not really. This, you know, I I wasn't, you know, I I wasn't going to sit here and say that they were supposed to lose necessarily. I, I still think they're really talented, and I don't think the Pelicans are as talented mm-hmm. <laughs> but sometimes you know when, when you straight up look at matchups this is going to be a problem it is and it's going to be a problem when this is your matchup and one of the people that we seem to agree was going to need to step up for memphis under the circumstances with Jaron Jackson Jr., who was two of nine from the floor, or five from three, eight points, five boards. Five boards, probably not your favorite. Um, here's the thing: the Pelicans inside were thirteen of twenty-four. And that's including Zahn's 9 of 17 as power forward. Valanciunas, mm-hmm. 12 boards on defense. I mean, that's that's kind of where you look at this and you go, that's, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can't get rebounds. I mean, they, what? Xavier Tillman had Xavier 12. Xavier Tillman had 12. Four of those offensive, which is great. But if you can't rebound the basketball, you can't win. And they were out rebounded 52 to 37. Minus 15 isn't going to win you a lot of ball games. I mean, and you didn't get a lot of help off the bench either. Jake LaRavia, two points, two boards. David Roddy, nine points, five boards. They only went four deep which maybe that's all they had with Aldama being out and, you know, with, yeah. well, and Lofton, Kenneth Lofton didn't play. Lofton didn't play. I mean, you don't have any forwards and you choose not to play one of the guys you do have. D. Rose got 16 minutes. Is that more minutes than you were expecting from him? You know, I didn't really have a feel, but – you know, without jaw, that's not – I mean, 16 minutes in a 48-minute game, I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily too much. But I don't know. I, I mean, in, in, without John Moran, yeah, I think you're probably right. I don't think he plays 16 minutes if John Moran's available. No. And so, three of eleven from the floor. Why is he shooting eleven times? That'd be my first question. Well, because he's a Derrick Rose. Yeah, but sometimes, man, you gotta know you gotta know your role. I know you you you, and, you and, did Derrick Rose, but you are not Derrick Rose. <laughs> well, if Marcus Smart is six of eleven, then do you feel like you've got to pick up a little slack somewhere? I think I'd have just found Desmond Bain and let him keep shooting it because dude was on fire. 11 and 22 from the floor, 5 for 10 from three. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I think I was just yeah. I'd have been the point guard and let, found my shooting guard. Let, let Desmond cook. <laughs> huh? Let Des cook. Yeah. I don't know, man. And, and is that the, is that the game plan going on going forward? I don't know. Uh, apparently, Michael is having some issues with uh, connectivity. Connectivity, yeah. And, and I don't know, Dustin. Can you call him? He's he's asked me if we could call him, and I, I, I thought that was you texting me. It was him. I apologize. Justin, I sent you the number five minutes ago, man. <laughs> anyway. Is that the game plan going forward? I think the game plan is that Triple J has to be more productive and more impactful. I would agree with that. I mean, because, look, this New Orleans team, I don't I don't think this New Orleans team is going to win 40 volumes. And, and that, I mean, it's game one. It is. And, uh, you had to, and you had to come up with a game plan pretty quick. A new one. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. So, do, do we have, do we have Mike? All right, well, we will wait patiently. We will have time for about two questions. <laughs> Go from there. But yeah, it's uh, it, this is this this is going to be an interesting season for the Grizzlies. Yeah, because I, that what, and it's tough because for the most part, it feels like what they've got is what they've got. Right, and. You know, forced 21 turnovers last night. Didn't turn the ball over. You feel like in a, in a game where you, you know, you have 13 turnovers to their 21, you feel pretty good. But that minus 15 in, on the boards that you gotta is kind of You've got to be able to rebound in the NBA. You've got to be able to rebound, period. And that is unfortunate. That's where we sit. So, all right. Um Mike is on. Go to Mike. Tough day out there in 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 Radio Land, eh? Hey, yeah. Can you can you guys hear me? Okay. We hear we, you. We, yes, we we hear you, Mike. Mike Wallace, um, part of the Memphis Grizzlies pregame show, now joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mike, appreciate your um, diligence in getting on with us, first of all. Um, we've been fascinated all week by the news regarding Stephen Adams and, and the impact that that's obviously going to have on this team all season and, and starting last night, I guess. But um, how... Do the Grizzlies go about trying to cover for his absence over an 82-game season? Hey, first and foremost, man, thanks a lot for for having me and, and reaching over to Memphis uh, to to 
to get me back on, man. I appreciate it. I apologize for my technical difficulties on this yeah. side. Um, yeah. yeah, those yeah. of us with kids know, man. I'm 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 literally in the car ride along uh, pickup for middle school. So it's it's uh it's all good. So I couldn't you won't be able to see me, but you can definitely hear me. Um it, it's a tough blow. It, it definitely is a tough blow, uh, because you know, on one hand, this team has been used to being without Steven Adams. He didn't he hadn't played since January, so they went, you know, the better part of forty games at the end of last series without him. So it's not like they made the major adjustment to have him. It was just more of the hope and the expectation that he would align everyone else because of what he brings. You were almost counting on being back to at least full strength from his perspective uh, while you're still waiting on Josh. So to go from that, I mean, he changed, his absence changes the complexion of this team. You know, with Steven Adams, you're one of the top rebounding teams in the league. You led the league in points in the paint. You're one of the top second-chance scoring teams off the offensive rebound. He's the best screen assist big man in the NBA based on analytics and metrics. And that freed up a lot of areas of space for a lot of your ball handlers and your downhill guys like Desmond Bain and John Morant. So without Steven, that's a that's an enormous hole to fill because he calibrated everyone else. So that's the adjustment right there. Um, you know, and, and what I go back to is – you know, and, and I got to take Taylor Jenkins in the front office at their word. Um, had he opted for surgery back in January when this first happened, there's a chance he would have missed this entire season uh, anyway. So they wanted to go the best non-operative route, and that's what Stephen wanted. And, you know, they agreed and they tried it all the way up until, you know, they didn't have any more time. Who is, who is most impacted by Stephen's absence? Hey, you, you guys still there? Yeah, we are. We're here, Mike. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, no, I apologize. I, I lost you again on that. One. I, I don't know where no, I lost. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was. I was just asking you who on this team currently is most impacted by Stephen not being there. Uh, number one is 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 Jaron Jackson because now you know everything that Jaron wanted to do better he was going to improve with having his big brother beside him, you know, to kind of cover up some things uh, in the post. But now uh, his rebounding issues have been exaggerated. Like when Jaron has a bad rebounding game, it's going to be, uh, you know, you, you can't ignore it. You know, like last night he had zero rebounds and zero points in the first half. Um, that can't happen, especially when you're without Steven and you're without Ja. Um, there has to be a better way for Jaron to get involved, and it's on the coaching staff to get him there. But it's also on Jaron to, to, to be aggressive and find his spots. So first and foremost, I would say Jaron. And then secondarily, it would be the point guards. You know, uh, a Marcus Smart right now, a Derrick Rose, who definitely can benefit from having some extra space to operate in the pick-and-roll game when Steven is there, you know, blindsiding and completely uh, evaporating guys from, from, uh, from their view. So he would help them in there in, in, in sort of the mid-range game with the pick-and-roll. And uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. could be helped at the basket and underneath uh, with Stephen Adams. You know, Mike, as Chris and I discussed this this developing situation for the Grizzlies, we talked a lot about Jaron Jackson Jr. having to be something that he isn't necessarily with Stephen Adams out. It, it is, you know, it's it's it's. You know, he, he's seven feet. He's athletic. He can jump. He leads the league in block shots. 
So if you can reach up and block a shot, you probably should be able to reach up and grab a rebound, right? Now, I mean, I know you can't do both at the same time. Uh, otherwise, you can Bill Russell and in the Hall of Fame with nine championship rings or 11 or whatever, how many ever he had. Um, but there's got to be a better way for him to be effective, um, you know, and, and, and being that size. So Jaron has gotten better, uh, in, in particularly interior-wise. Um, his footwork and his timing has improved drastically from just two years ago. So it's just a matter of, okay, now I have the opportunity and the onus is on me. And I think that's what he has to go into this season believing. And he's already said as much. It's just one game, but were you surprised Kenneth Lofton didn't play last night? You know, that's what I, uh, you know, I got that question several times throughout all of our shows on Grind City Media is, am I surprised? Not really. I mean, Kenny Lofton has never been a part of the rotation. Um, and not, but now your depth is such at, at such a critical point where when you're losing and you're not rebounding and you're not scoring particularly well in the half court, why not try to use, you know, somebody who's available on the bench? I don't think Taylor's going to be stubborn at all uh, in this approach. I think when he feels comfortable and Kenny Lofton is going to be able to take on the defensive assignments, then he's going to be used. I, I, you know, Kenny Lofton is, is, is a six foot eight, six foot nine you know, 280-pound guy. You don't miss him sitting on the bench. You choose not to use him, if that's the case, right? He, he's not hiding. Um, you didn't so, look down there and not see him, right? <laughs> yeah, you're not going to not see him. So, so Taylor uh, has to uh, work on that, and, he, and that's something that he's going to explore. And uh, when Kenny Lofton's number is called, you know he's going to come in and at least change up the vibe and the energy of a game one way or another. But hopefully, um, you know, he'll get his call. And he'll get his shot, and when he gets it, he needs to take advantage of it. Michael Wallace joining us here. Michael, it's it's going to be a tough 25 games. How do the Grizzlies survive? You know, and, and that, well, survival is relative, right? So, you know, I mean, can, do you want to survive it and go 5-20? and 20? No. You know, um, can you survive it and try to stay as close to 500 as possible? You know, you can't afford any more injuries. And that's the one thing that we knew is that the, 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 the margin was so thin when it came to error, uh, you can't miss anyone else. And as soon as, you know, uh, the two days after you hear about Steven Adams being done for the season, you hear about Santi Aldama not being available. And mm -hmm. one more injury cripples your rotation. And so the Grizzlies can't afford to have any more guys missing or out. And that's a lot to ask over a two-month stretch for everybody to stay healthy. But if they stay relatively healthy, then they can – tread water the schedule favors them in the first half of the season um you know and and, and but but also the west is far more competitive than what a lot of teams thought so it's gonna it's not gonna be easy but i think if they can stay somewhere around 10 and 15 uh to to, to 12 to 13 and 12 if they could do that then i think they're in good shape michael wallace joining us here grind city media follow him at my Mike check Michael, we'll let you get those kids and get home, man. We appreciate you taking time with us and look forward to talking with you again soon. And uh, hopefully with better luck from the Grizzlies next time. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll do it again real soon, man. Thank you, guys, and take care. Appreciate yeah. it, Mike. All right, let's take a break. We've got 10 high school football games to pick. We're going to do that on the other side of it. So stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone. And join us back in a moment.
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome again, Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here as we are getting ready to pick ten of the biggest high school football games from across the state, or I'm sorry, the mid state. We start, Mo. Let's see here, if I can get it to pull up. We start in our backyard. That's right. The border battle. Independence is at Summit. That's tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Independence, we believe, has Luke McNeely back? I was told earlier in the week that Luke McNeely would be back for this game by the person who would make that decision. Okay. Well, that helps. Because so. otherwise, I might have to change my pick. Yeah. 
Oh, man. The summit comes into this one, and this is for three and four, by the way. Winners three, losers four. Mm-hmm. And now, now both teams are in the playoffs for sure, no right. matter what. But this is for whether or not you go to Smyrna or Antioch. And so. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure it matters. I wouldn't disagree. I would not be at all surprised to see a region 6-6 six, six this week. Me either. That said, I like Independence close in this ballgame. Just because I think defensively, I think defensively they figure out a way to slow Summit down just enough. And Landrick Majewski, the kicker, has been big for them when called upon. And this might be a kicker-type night here. Well, I've got him by a field goal. So I've got him by four. I'm with you. Tullahoma at Shelbyville. This is for the region championship. The City Cats... And the Golden Eagles. Um, I think this is going to be a very, very interesting game because Tullahoma has the ability to be really physical, and I don't think Shelbyville has. The two times that I think they've been hit in the mouth, they've not responded well. So I'm curious how they're going to respond in this one. Tullahoma was physical. <clears throat> Shelbyville was fast. I think Shelbyville's big playability out on the edge makes a difference in this one. Um, and I'm not saying Tullahoma can't catch Shelbyville, but I'm saying you're harder to hit when you're running away. I like Shelbyville in this one. Shelbyville likes to run the ball off tackle. They don't do a whole lot of stretching and sweeping though, which is and, and they've got a they've got a great sophomore running back who is just absolutely bruising between the tackles as well. And and he's bound to break one. But I don't think I don't think he breaks enough. I, the, from what I've seen of Shelbyville in the one and a half times I've seen them play. I think it's Tullahoma. I'm going to go with the, cat, uh, the City Cats. Marshall County at Pearl Cone. Is this one for the region title as well? Mm, I believe so. This one should be fun. Always, when these two get together, it's, it, it's certainly for something. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, both 6-0 and in the region. This is for one and two. Winner is one. Loser is two. Should be a good game. I don't know how often Marshall County has won in this series, but I don't think they win tomorrow night. I don't know that they've ever won it, and I'm with you. I think the Firebirds get it done. You know, I'll be honest with you. After after week one, Marshall County's 16-0 win against Columbia Central. 
I didn't think I didn't think Marshall County was I didn't think Marshall County was going to be as good in 2023 as they have been in the past. Mm-hmm. And yet, but here we are. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Eight and one, just as good. Osteen has got them rolling. Quietly. Quietly. One of the best coaches at Middle Tennessee. I don't think there's any question. So I'm going to go with Pro Cone. Um, another region championship. Nolansville at Page. That's tonight, folks. So if you are heading to Arno Road, you better start now because probably going to be a lot of folks headed that way tonight as well. Get on out there. You might run into Jackson Boone. You, you might run into Jackson Boone. Who knows? Yeah, this is this is for. Uh, well, I say that. I say it's for the region title. I guess. Depending on who, maybe. I mean, I guess if Nolansville wins and then Centennial wins, you got a three-way tie. Nope. Well, you would, but mm-hmm. Nolansville would still be the one because they would have the highest. The Centennial seven and two. Nolansville would be nine and one. Hmm. So they would get the one seed over both okay. both eight and two page and eight and two and and then page two. would be the two seed by page. virtue of their 24 12 win last week over centennial yeah, so i think centennial is kind of centennial's rooting for page centennial is rooting for page but they got to get a win too they got to beat hillsborough to stay out of that four hole mm-hmm. so look out this is going to be a good one though this is a region championship game page Hosting Nolansville tonight. Um, you know, we've talked about comparing scores and how foolish it can be. Mm. But, <laughs> again, the common denominator here is Centennial. Centennial defeated Nolansville. Centennial lost to Page. I'm going with the Patriots at home. This one will be broadcast live on Main Street Media Radio. So if you're out there listening, you can hear the golden tones of Wade Neely, who did not pick the game. Because? Because he will be broadcast. on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the homestanding Patriots because, as I understand it, I don't know this to be a fact. I'm just saying what I heard. Nolensville's quarterback is, is out. That would be a factor. And if that is, in fact, true, give me Paige all day. So, all right, what is it? That's, that was four. That's four, which means, ooh, we started in our backyard. We end in our backyard in this segment. Loretto at Mount Pleasant for, again, a region championship-ish. Technically. Loretto can wrap up a region championship. They can also wrap up their first undefeated season since 1991 with a victory. We're going to party like it's 1991. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, Mount Pleasant, with a win, still needs some help. From teams that they've played. (laughs) From teams that they beat. Because... They need Waverly to beat Lewis County. Well, they do need. They don't. 
we don't know what they need if they need that if they get some other help from other teams such as Donaldson Christian and it's this it's, region's a mess. It's murky. Just forget. Just let the TWSWA yep, sort it out on just, Saturday. Just check out the brackets and see who does what is going to be your best bet on Region 5-2A. Because trying to really figure out who needs what, particularly if Loretto, well, even if Loretto does win, then 2-3-4 is still a mess. Loretto, Mount Pleasant. Well, if Lewis County beats Waverly, it's it's Loretto, Lewis County, Mount Pleasant, Waverly. That's the cleanest. That's the cleanest way is Loretto wins, Lewis County and Lewis. wins, and we can go to the house. <laughs> I'll let you deal with Kid Hartsfield. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's the way that we don't have to do any thinking. Well, Kit That's would, what Matthew Gillespie and Bradley are, are Bradley they're hoping for. <laughs> well, Kit would prefer that everybody have to do some things. I, I bet he would. Yeah. So. And that's what you think is going to happen? I think they're going to have to work deep into the night to figure this one out. I just, I feel like, you know, we've got an, we've got an article up on the website at MainStreetMurray.com regarding Darian Mesa, who we've talked about a lot on this show and on our pre preview show as well, the Main Street Murray High School football preview show, where we'll be talking more about this. Darian Mesa has five returns for touchdowns in his last four games. I'm going to tell you that he will not touch it on special teams tonight, tomorrow. I'm going to tell you there's no way he won't. Well, one, I, I think Patton he, Simbeck can put it in the end zone. He can. And two, Loretto's not going to punt. 34-28 Mustangs. Okay, I've got 42-38 Mount Pleasant because I think he makes a play somewhere. We'll see how it goes. Take a one-minute break when we come back. Five more games, including the game of the week. Battle of the Borough right after this on Main Street Sports today. Stick around. <laughs> This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, no. I, like Apologies in advance. It sounds like CC Commissioner Greg Sankey got that radio voice. I know. It's a good sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. radio, too. <laughs> As do we. And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. So, And we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee, Coach. Yeah, that's it. So Perfect. when you are on Main Street and you are moving... You gotta love it. Like you're moving... I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad someone... Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Five more games to pick, and we're going to do it now as we go into Division Another Thursday two. night game. Division two Thursday night, seven o'clock tonight. Montgomery Bell Academy hosting the Eagles of Brentwood Academy. 
it's gonna be a good this is gonna be a good game. I, I think I think it's gonna be a lot closer than than others may think. But Blaine Keller goes out on the limb. Significant limb. The lone Brentwood Academy pick is I've got my, I've got Montgomery Bell Academy in this one. I've got Montgomery Bell Academy in this one by more than one. I've actually got them by two scores. And Brentwood Academy struggling. They are, but if if this season has taught me anything about this region, mm-hmm. is that you don't ever know what's going to happen. I feel like I got a pretty good idea of what's going to happen in this one. I got the big red. Uh, Lebanon at Gallatin. Green Wave hosting BDP, Blue Devil Pride, and this should be a good game. Um, I'm with <laughs> I'm with Russell Venosi on this one. I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know what it is, man. It must be because I'm I'm friends with Justin, but I got Lebanon in this one. I guess this means I'm not friends with Justin because I'm getting Gallatin in this one. One playing at home. <laughs> Two, I just think they're playing better ball right now than Lebanon hitting into the postseason. I've got the green wave. Another Division Two matchup. This one in Division Two. Two A Davidson Academies at Cross Presbyterian, and the Lions are, let's just say, they've been rolling mm-hmm. for quite a while now. And this one, however, does have some playoff implications as Davidson Academy and CPA both sit at four and one. A win would create a three-way tie at the top. Between them and who? FRA and CPA Hmm. and Davidson Academy. Okay. All right. All three eight and one right now. CPA beat Franklin Road Academy. They did. And I guess Franklin Road Academy beat Davidson. They did. Okay. All right. Um, I think one of the biggest hallmarks of an Engel Martin team is the way they get better as the year goes. And I think the Lions are playing some of their best ball right now. And I think they get it done here in this coaching matchup between between former NFL quarterbacks. Um, I like CPA here. I've got CPA by a point because I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I did I did the <laughs> give him a dollar and hope someone else figures it out. Ravenwood Brentwood Battle of the Woods. This one should be fun. We talked to Will Hester earlier. Make sure to go back and see that if you uh, if you have not if you were not watching earlier, make sure to go back and check that out. I had some great things to say. The winner of this one will take control of the overall series, not the Battle of the Woods series. The overall series is tied 12 to 12, including four playoff games. But Brentwood does hold the regular season advantage. They're also undefeated. Mm-hmm. And this one is also, stop me if you've heard this, for a region championship. Yeah, it's, it's kind of been a thing. Um I like Brentwood to finish up undefeated. I've got the Bruins in this one. I think um, between that defense that Will Hester was talking about and Baylor Hayes at quarterback, I think the Bruins at home figure out a way to get it done. Do you think? Do you think that that when these guys have the meeting, they, which I know Brentwood and Ravenwood are always going to play at the end, but like Mount Pleasant, Loretto, like. <laughs> There's a lot of games that are region championship games tonight, and I wonder if that was just if that was done intentionally or I what? think it was just 
Well, I mean, you can't Don't know. No, but I mean, but but when you're putting the schedule together, you go, okay, these two teams are probably going to be, you know, in, in the hunt for a championship. And these two, and Lewis County, Waverly, it's not like Lewis County's playing East Hickman tonight. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of funny how it's interesting. the teams that are that are really <laughs> you know, in it, it's a week 11, and we got a lot of region title games tonight. Yeah. That's it. That, that is interesting. Anyway. It is uh, interesting. I don't know how it comes about. I don't know if it's by design or if it's just dumb luck. But this next one. Well, I've got, I've got Ravenwood in this one, actually. Oh, I, the lone Raptor pick. There you go. I, I just I just feel like you know Will Will's gonna dial something up tonight. Okay. Battle of the Borough, Oakland hosting Riverdale tomorrow night at seven o'clock should be fun. I just think Oakland's got too much firepower even for Riverdale. I know Riverdale's got the quarterback Braden Graham who's playing some really good ball right now, but I think Oakland's at another level. Oakland has certainly been at another level for a while now. Uh, you know, obviously, Riverdale kind of, you know, they got up to a, kind of a slow start with that loss at Henry County. Then they went over to Germantown and got beat, but they've certainly turned it on here as, you know, region play has, has gotten going. I've got Oakland, too, because, again, look, I just – I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not betting against Kevin Creasy. I'm not gonna do it until they get beat. Until somebody makes me. So, so. there you go. That are those are our are our picks. Those are our picks here on Main Street Sports today. If you want to see the rest of the staff's picks, MainStreetPreps.com has those. So make sure to go. Check those out. We are going to be back tomorrow. We've got a couple of great guests lined up for you. You can also hear more about our Loretto Mount Pleasant thoughts, among others, on the Main Street Murray High School Football Preview Show. Independent Summit. At 6.15 prior to that Battle of the Woods broadcast on Main Street Media TV. That's correct. So make sure to tune in wherever you watch Main Street Media TV, Roku, Apple products, Android products, Apple TV uh, fire stick, all of those things. Tomorrow, we have a couple of good guests lined up for you. We've got, we've got Nubas uh, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk a little bit about Penn State and the state of Penn State. There we go. <laughs> and so it's going to be fun. Obviously, Terry will join us as well. We'll make our college football picks. It's going to be a lot of fun. So come back with us. Follow Mo tonight. If you are interested in high school football here in Southern Middle Tennessee, he'll be at Columbia Academy. Uh, I'll be retweeting, of course. Chip Cirillo joins the party. He will be at Lindsey Nelson Stadium for Columbia Central and Lincoln County. And like I said, I'll be retweeting everybody from uh, Main Street Sports Today's Twitter account, MS underscore Sports Today. So follow us as well. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Right here, same bat time, same bat channel, 2 o'clock. Main Street, Representative of Tennessee Bone and Joint, come back with us then.